All right. Um, greetings uh, to everyone that is connecting from everywhere. Um, sorry, I know we are joining from different part of the world. Oh, all right. We do. I think um, crypto legend joined using the wrong link. It's muted. Oh, oh, legend. Um, I yeah. sent the link to you on DM, on your DM on Discord. Probably you could just use that particular link to join, so you could have a control of the mic. Okay, um, I want to believe it's just going to connect using that. I already sent him a link. So, um, welcome everybody officially to this um, to this third section of this particular event, Let's Talk Pie. And I want to believe um, we've actually um, enjoying the past sections that we have. Of course, our guests, our keynote speakers have been doing a great job, which is actually a very good one. The first session we had talking about the concept did a good justice to the concept of the value of pi, but about different factors that can determine the value of pi and all those stuff. If you need a recording, of course, we are putting it on our podcast, the main pi podcast, so you could just request for the link. Also, the last session we majored on the community, and then we did, uh, you know, say a whole lot of things around the power of the community pi network, how we could. Um, how important we have to the project and talking about different aspects to which we can come support the project and you know about some collaboration and partnership and then here we have today the third section which is the second to the last the next the final one for this particular event will be coming saturday i'm pretty much excited but in today's section we're going to be majoring on the white paper okay so we're going to just talk about um Pi's token distribution and mining, we talk about the roadmap and then talk a bit about the enclosed mainnet. Of course, this today's discussion might seem to want to be a bit bulky, but I'm just going to talk generally as much as possible on the white paper. Major more on some important um, parts of the white paper uh, and then of course answer some questions or some areas that might not be so clear to us. Okay, and then we just give it a, a wrap-up. And of course, today we have um, a special appearance is the team behind decent house okay so when it's time for us to have them the ceo himself is going to be available today okay so him just some presentation about what decent app is many of us might not be the same decent app but if you know high webinar if you know high lottery yeah so the company behind those two projects and many more to come from them is decent hearts all right so um so i think that gives us pretty much um put everything within context Okay, so um, Woody, um, are we good to go? <laughs> yeah, I'm good to go. All right, of course. Today, I'm going to be I'm going to be driving the discussion together. I'm going to be driving the discussion together with my co-host. Woody is my co-host. Okay, I will just to confirm if um, Legend is here with us. Legend, can you just say hi? Yes, welcome pioneers. Great to um, have every one of you here today as we discuss the white paper in depth. All right, great one. Um, Meldin, how about you? Meldin, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. All right, great one. Hello, of course, Natko is here. All right, thank you very much, Meldin. So Natko is here, like I said earlier on. Um, Matthew is a medical doctor who is still practicing and then I think he's having a night shift which is about to start. So he might just leave us anytime soon. But of course we should understand that. Um, duty calls, okay? <laughs> okay, so yeah, without hi, any further ado, I think 
right, I'll, right. I'll try to I'll I'll try to be here as much as I can, hopefully. But it's 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 pure it's luck. <laughs> but all right, let's go on. Hi. Bye. All right, one. So without any further ado, let's just jump straight in into um, today's discussion. All right, so we're going to be talking, of course, about the white paper. All right, so um, of course we we have two white papers. Uh, we have one white paper when Financial started before the minutes started, and then when the minutes the um includes network phase of the um, of the of pioneer talks you know the minute we started um, we have a new white paper released which is more like an updated updated version of the former one and of course if you've tried to read through or you've read through one thing you'll know pretty much is that a very bulky document bulky to a great extent <laughs> and of course contains contain some technical explanations and of course uh, the court have did a very good job to try to simplify things and that's exactly why many of us could actually have a good grasp of what exactly is going on but of course there are some parts that are not so clear okay and we try we are going to be trying our possible best this evening today to you know just crack those parts that might not be so clear and all of all that okay so um i think the best thing we can start is i want um our keynote speakers to just um starting from melding just give just give an overview of what you think about the white paper of course you could just talk about the general overview of what the white paper is and then um give an overview of whatever you might want to say about it and then we we'll just start from there no guys i wish you all a good night and let's have a good session here uh, to start about to, to start up, to speak about the white paper uh, a white paper is a document that gives users eventual newcomers and even investors a good explanation over a project something i want to to, to mention here even before i start in december when when, when we got the new white paper uh, released i immediately saved it in a word file to have it for myself the point is, uh, it really, uh, it really uh, turned out to be a word file over 28 pages. So imagine how long it took to just type in all of that into a word file. Not even to mention how long it took to to develop, uh, to 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 prepare everything that is mentioned in there. So the next time when we when we maybe say that there are a lot of delays in this project, that the core team has no plans for the future, uh, just have this in mind. I would say that it would take you days to type in everything what's there in this uh, white paper file. And in my opinion, the core team has to be months ahead of us regarding the progress and the community. So. I would simply say that a lot of things in this project are not coincidence and that everything is going by a plan of the core team. Uh, this opinion is supported by the fact that uh, the first block on blockchain was even mined back in December 2020. Although the the, the, whole, the whole time uh, while Nicholas and the core team we're saying that uh, the mainnet may start by the end of 2021. Nicholas already knew it because 
he had it ready for a whole year. To get back to the white paper, so far the goal of Pi was to, to grow and bootstrap the network, either by, either by the number of users, wallets, nodes and, and so on, and to pre prepare us utilities for the main phase. For all of those who are new to Pi, the goal of Pi is to get you to the blockchain revolution on an easier, faster and much safer way by giving you Pi on a device that we all have and can hold in our pockets. The, founder, the founders analyzed uh, the problems and obstacles for the cryptocurrency so far and made a solution called Pi Network. So far you had to invest money or to show a lot of knowledge about markets, trading, cryptocurrencies, investments, even banking to, 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 to get into crypto and utilize it. The key point is to utilize it. Pi is there to, to solve that. The only thing Pi Network wants from you is contribution. And the range of that contribution is from just a button daily over inviting people to the network to get mining rate boosts, run a node or even we will see this as we further progress into this session tonight to be rewarded for using the Pi app and the Pi ecosystem apps. Uh, the core team used a word token in the white paper and uh, don't let anyone convince the, convince you that, that Pi is a token. The word token, in my opinion, uh, refers to the, uh, to the, to the Pi you see on top of your app. Some people, or even I personally, love to, to call it vouchers. Uh, but once the, the Pi gets transferred to the real blockchain, they become coins, because Pi Network has its own blockchain. Uh, to get a, a little bit into the into the distribution, uh, such a such an approach, a model, a model mining or, or token model distribution, is is great to onboard users, a lot of users, spread the coin over the world, and then make the coin I would say accessible and even a little bit decentralized before the mainnet. The, the only problem is that it is really hard or maybe even impossible to maintain scarcity. But the core team, not only scarcity, to make even a max supply on such a way. The, the core team managed to, to do that with, with halving events every time the network size increased by 10 times, starting with starting by, by 1,000 users, I would say. The great fact is, we know that Pi is a crypto project with over 30 million users, and millions and millions will follow us. And we have a max supply of 100 billion Pi. Or better said, only 65 billion Pi will ever be distributed to users as, as mining rewards. That makes Pi really, really scarce from the beginning one. Uh, just to, to, to maybe mention a few key facts here, key points. Uh, there will be no more halving events. 
anymore. There will be just a yearly supply cap, which means basically the more users are active, mining rate becomes uh, is less. Uh, the core team estimates that after the, the, the KYC and the fake fake account removal, there will be 20 billion pi. Uh, things like like the lockup, gradual transfers, and even transferable balances will decrease our own uh, circulating supply. The core team wants to to achieve decentralization, stability, security. Util- grow more utilities, grow the network and then achieve inclusion and longevity over the upcoming time. And all those things, I would say, depend on each other. You can't achieve the centralization without users or without uh, security. Stability in the other way also, is, uh, also depends on, on, on decentralization, utilities, growth of, of network and so on. To, to, to support and, and to add for the end of my part here, to support this fact, uh, the new mining grade formula will reward us in more points than the current one. Uh, with a new mining rate formula, there will be additional rewards for node runners, for the lockup, for using Pi app and Pi ecosystem apps, and some other rewards that will be introduced later on for us. And a point that I want to mention, maybe we will have the opportunity to speak about this. In my opinion, it's great that we got only 5 billion pi for the liquidity. On such a way, uh, exchanges will never be able to, to manipulate with pi as they wish. Alright, um, very great one, Meldin. So that actually, I believe that gives a very much of an impact. I was not even thinking that we are going to go as detailed as, as that. However, um, that's actually a very big one. As I already noted some questions and some major um, um, discussion that I would like us to, um, to talk about. Okay, but I think I want to hear from other keynote speakers what they want, what they have to say about the overview, generally about the white paper. I mean, particularly this updated um, one. So we can, after they are done, we can now begin to we'll go into specifics and then talk about some concepts or some areas of the white paper. All right. So, um, Legend, I don't know if you want us to come up right now and then just give your own overview of what you think about the white paper. Hello, everyone. So, in regards to the white paper, um, when I first joined, I just want to let you know, I've read the white paper multiple times, many times throughout the years. And um, every time they do another iteration of it, the way that they revise it is to allow a pioneer to understand the, understand the white paper more easily by explaining it in a way where it isn't as complicated as
Hello, Lillian. We can hear you again. I don't know if probably you've muted yourself or something. Oh, I didn't mute myself. Okay, so um, when I'm when I've read the white paper and I've read it multiple times throughout the years, the iterations that they have released have changed, um, but not in regard to the mission or the vision of Pi. It's changed in a way where it allows it to be a lot easier to understand and explain to people that are reading it, so that everybody around the world can have the same type of consensus in what Pi Network is trying to achieve so that every pioneer can benefit. Now, when you're looking at, um, I know when Melden was speaking, he was talking about crypto tokens and cryptocurrencies, and a lot of people interchange those two terms. They mean the same thing. And so you got to understand that Pi Network is building its own blockchain. It's a layer one and things that are built upon it that create utility are layer two. So cryptocurrencies are the native asset like Bitcoin or, for example, Ethereum. That is the native asset. That is the currency. And then you have crypto tokens, which are like ERC-20 or ERC-721. The ERC-721 are like NFTs and the ERC-20 are many other tokens that are used for different types of platforms like currency, but you can't purchase any of those without the Ethereum. So the Ethereum is what purchases the ERC-20 token or the ERC-721 token, where Pi is creating its own cryptocurrency and it is going to be the currency that will be used for goods and services. So Pi is the digital currency for everyday people. It is not the first digital currency, and that's what it states, but it is the first for everyday people, which is the part that we need to understand because no other cryptocurrency really speaks about trying to create something for everybody where they can use it every single day. Um, the next is that the world's uh, that Pi Network is being created to create Pi to be the world's most inclusive peer-to-peer -peer marketplace, which I think the mentality of the community has shifted really far away from that because we have this idea where all these businesses such as Amazon, Walmart, Alibaba, you know, you name it, um, these worldwide known businesses will somehow start using Pi and accepting it for all of their goods and services when that is not what the mission of Pi Network is about. It's about being inclusive on a peer-to-peer -peer level and creating an entire marketplace worldwide to create that kind of Pi ecosystem where goods and services can be obtained by pioneers from pioneer to pioneer, not pioneer to business. So that's very different from business to consumer. Um, the world's most widely used cryptocurrency, that's what they want Pi to become. And it is not to be the most widely used in a country or several countries, but for the world on a global level, for every single country that Pi Network has been distributed to. So while we are creating all these different Pi communities out there in our own country and trying to service the pioneers within our own country and the citizens that live there, we must remember what the overall goal is. And that is to bring everyone together where every pioneer can find value in the pie that they have and use it as a currency. And that is just something I wanted to share because I feel like the community is really drawing away from that and looking at it more just as a digital asset than a digital currency. And even if they did see it as a digital currency, they're not seeing it for the entire world. It's mainly for their region, their country, their continent, but not for the world. 
where global transactions are occurring between different countries, between different continents, between different pioneers. Thank you. That's actually a very good one. Um, I think I'm just going to have to go back to that particular last point that made mention of because I think I want to or want us to kind of talk about it um, a bit further. But before, like I said, before we go into specifics, um, Natko, I don't know if you can hear us or you're busy already. Uh, no, no, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. <laughs> well, after after a pretty lengthy and throughout answer from Melvin and a great answer as always from the crypto legend i can only add i mean i want to go back to the question to answer it as simple as, as i can uh, as has been mentioned already uh, the white paper was actually changing on a weekly basis as far as i can tell i was also reading it uh, periodically throughout these years uh, although we have draft one which dates back to March 14, 2019, they were changing it. But those changes were uh, minor changes. Uh, the changes were um, designed so that people can understand it clearly. And actually, when, when I first read it back in 2019, when I was reading the white paper, I, I thought that it was great and it was printed throughout back then. But I saw that it is pretty light on the technicalities behind the, on the on the technicalities behind the actual blockchain that it is running on they weren't they weren't talking about stellar consensus protocol they weren't talking about too many formulas and stuff like that the reason for that was so that it can be easily under, understood by by anyone they uh, they they left this stage uh, for a bit later on and this is what we got this last december uh, this new draft that they're preparing, it will be a lot more technical and it will truly showcase the vision and uh, all those uh, specifics and all those people that are working behind the curtains on it. Uh, we can see that there is a, a lot of time invested in it. And I think its distribution will probably one day be considered as one of the best ever. As far as the token nomination goes, I believe they're doing it on purpose. We all know that Pi will be a coin. The reason they're using the token word is because it is not a realized coin. Those numbers that we see on top of our app, that is just the maximum amount that we will theoretically have. This is the key word here, theoretically. So after those tokens are transferred to the mainnet, they're becoming the coins. That is why they are coupons or vouchers, as Melvin said. So they're using the word token is because it is used a lot. People are familiar with, with this word. They are only here. So this is this is a token for theoretical pie if if we are uh, liable for it. That's it. Right. Great one, Natko. Thank you very much. So, um, so our thank you, speakers. Thank you very much for writing the paper. So, um, I think from this point, I can just certainly begin to go into some concepts and then begin to kind of clarify as much as possible so that the audience can have a better understanding of um, the concepts that we have um, 
in the white paper. But first of all, before we begin to do that, um, while Glenn was talking and then Nakpo also said the same thing, as regards the white paper being revised, but um, not not everybody would be aware of that. Um, I've once heard Legend talk about this from months back, if not even a year now, on, on the TPL Discord. And then for me, I went again back to the white paper and I was trying to notice the difference. Probably because I'm not so regular, not so, um, um, I'm not so read it over and over again i could really not see any change but of course like that there is a minor them those changes are just minor and basically just to um, explain some things better and not to change any concept of any sort so um for the audience as you heard from them that it was probably touched or like revised a little some changes the changes are just minor changes and then nothing major as regards the concepts of all the um, vision of pine network just basic changes to make things ex- um, well explained and properly understood by us right so yeah um so just think um, of, first thing i think i want us to oh yeah really. i wanted to um, understand and also allow the audience to understand these changes that you are talking about these changes that you are referring to are they um, changes that were made in the new updated white paper or in the old white paper? Oh, we are referring yeah. to the old white paper. Um, I want to be oh, okay. That was there. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely the old white paper. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, so just to pick things from um, where the the, the, the last point that Nasco made mention of, and then go gather from there. You know, Nasco did say something, I think Melody said the same thing as, what, as regards the word talking that's being used in the white paper. I mean, when I talk about the white paper, we are referring to the whole detail white paper, the one we received last year, December 28th, when we went live. So, of course, when you read, if you go through the white paper, the early parts of the introduction of the white paper, it did not, um, did specifically talk about the word token being referred to as pi. However, um, not token in the general sense of crypto that refers to they are two cryptos as well. Okay. So, tokens, of course, pi still lives on its own blockchain and all of all that. Okay. So, I want to just basically want us to clear the air as regards to this word token and, of course, the idea of mining, the idea of mining, to the idea of mining as we have it currently, um, let's say the pre-minute mining. Okay, that's because not too many people get to have a good grasp of what is going on. Okay, and as a matter of fact, for people that probably do not know mining so much, um, they get those pioneers all around that. What do you mean by mining on the mobile phone? That does not make any sense as well. Of course, in relation to what we have as regards proof of work, proof of stake, where you need um, high technical knowledge, where you need mining rigs and capital how to be able to you know mine as well. Okay, but this time around we are having mining as a concept um, behind mo- as, as a concept in the mobile world. Okay, so um, I want us to just clear that uh, properly explaining what we are doing or what we have been doing before the minute and then by the time we now have um we now have um things beginning to move on much more from now on um are we really still mining or has the mining in a technical sense changed already so i don't know if anyone would want to just you know throw more light on this particular part i'll begin to move gradually into the white paper i would say we said this a few times so far in the previous sessions it's important to understand the difference 
this is something I mentioned in, in my first session I had with you here. It's important to understand that the difference between mining and mining. Mining is, is, is basically the, the generation of new coins, while mining is actually the securing those coins. And we are securing those new generated, new new generated or new new minted coins by the proof of trust consensus. We are making our, our uh, security cycles and uh, on that way uh, securing the network. And that's our uh, that's our protocol on which we are mining our coins. As said, so far we mined we minted and mined. Uh, 30 billion coins after the KYC and the removal of, of, of fake accounts there will be only 20 billion left and I would say even in mainnet there uh, the, 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 the same way will still be there mining and mining Yeah, so in regards to the idea of mining, let's talk about first like the technical aspect. So a lot of people that are into crypto um, and they come in to learn about Pi Network and Pi, they look at it and do not agree with the idea that you are actually mining a crypto. Uh, first of all, they don't consider Pi a cryptocurrency until it is on GitHub and it has its own blockchain and it's showing all the transactions that are occurring live and it's listed on crypto exchanges. That is their idea of what is a real cryptocurrency. And Pi is developing itself in a manner that is very different from all the cryptocurrencies before it and those that have come after. Um, so in that aspect of having hardware devices and software programs to be able to mine uh, crypto such as Bitcoin or Ethereum, which are proof of work, it requires a lot of energy um, and the cost is great in order to mine it. Uh, and also you need those devices and programs in order to mine it. And that is the idea of how they understand mining. But on the concept of mining, what is mining? Mining is actually extracting something from somewhere where what you are extracting is considered valuable. And that's why you are going through the effort to mine it, whatever that effort is. For Pi Network, that effort that is required in order to mine a set amount of Pi that is going to exist in its blockchain, which is a total of 100 billion Pi total, um, we are required to initiate a mining session by pressing the lightning bolt icon in the Pi Network app at least once every 24 hours. Now, if we don't do that and 24 hours has elapsed, then we are not mining after the 24 hour session has expired. But that is the idea of mining in Pi Network. And there is a set amount of Pi that we can mine from. And as pioneers continue to keep mining from this pool of Pi that is left, as more pioneers are mining from it, the reward is less. So going back to what Meldon was speaking about in regards to mining and also a pioneer from a previous session, I believe it was our first session, he asked this question, will it be easier to mine um, later when we go into this mainnet uh, and this um, enclosed network period or uh, will it was it easier before? Um, and so the answer to that is yes, it was easier before in terms of the quantity and amount of pie you can mine, but it's gonna be even easier later on because there will be so many different ways that you can increase the amount of pie that you can mine. 
And um, we'll discuss that further later on in our discussion here. But the amount of pi that you can mine will be less because it's all linked to the base mining rate. And we'll go into that further. But yes, it is something to think about and it does change and it will change later on where it's not, there's no more habits occurring. Um, and uh, we'll go into that further uh, as we continue with this discussion. If I just may add, uh, th that is when I'm trying to explain to people what pi mining actually is. I am looking at it as a meritocratically driven progressive airdrop from one uh, pool of pi rewards, which is uh, something that uh, which is something that is uh, meant for the whole world. So as more people join and as, as more people are trying harder and harder to get more pi from that pool, the less pi that you can get from that pool. I mean, it gets harder and harder to take it out. All right, thank you very much. So um, I think it's very good to just move mm -hmm. from that particular point. Um, um, you know, in the new white paper, we have the token distribution model changed. I mean, as regards the mainnet, the, the way the distribution or the way you're going to be mining, rewarding, being rewarded with Pi in this particular mainnet session is going to be different the way you have it from the way you have it during the pre-mainnet as well. Okay, and then one particular um, thing to note is that we are going to be having something more like a yearly supply cap to which all pioneers are going to be mining from okay and of course that the way um, the formula is in the white paper is such that um we would be able to mine that particular supply cap throughout a particular year okay of course the, i think the white paper made it more, much more clear or the the formula we are using which made it much more clear such that you know, we don't have it, we don't, um, it's not possible that the particular number of pi to be mined in a particular year is uh, mined even before the year runs out, as a way. And of course, there's something that a bit gets me um, confused about this particular um, information as to how that, in, as we as we go in year into year, the number of pi that we can mine would gradually begin to reduce. Okay, till eventually um, they are not won't be able to mobile mine in that sense again. So that exactly got me a bit confused, and I don't know if you could clear that air. So how exactly does the formula work such that while we begin to start the um, the mining the minute mining um, system, so we have it such that as we go into one year into the other, the, the number of pi we could mine gets reduced, as in. I, I want to believe what the, the white paper exactly is trying to talk about is say for example we have um some five billion pipes to mine this year so by next year um, it's only up to five billion that we can mine for next year probably we'll have to reduce to some probably three or four billion or something okay, so i don't know how exactly how the form now works such that it shows that so i don't know if you could um, just give a bit of a hint of idea on that exactly before before I go deep into this mining formula and you know it gets complex, I would like us to retrace steps a bit and, and clarify something regarding this um, supply that we are mining before we go into the yearly supply cap. Now the old white paper says that um, it, it, brought, it came to mind when Melvin mentioned about minting of the coins and then mining. The old white paper says that uh, there's a pre-minted fixed supply 
that is, uh, you know, permitted for every person that joins Pi Network up to the first 100 million people. But now the new white paper comes in and kind of, should I say, totally disregards that and says that, oh, we have mined 30 billion coins and there is about, mine about 20 billion coins after KYC and there's about 45 billion to go and we're going to have a yearly supply cap and this is how we are going to be mining. What happens to the what happened to that theory of a hundred uh, a permitted fixed supply for us who are the first hundred million pounds? What happened to that? Did that fly out through the window? <laughs> All right, big one. So I don't know who would help us share that here. That is a good that is a good question. Uh, I, I believe they answered it in this new version of the white paper. They they, they didn't want to uh, let buy if they if they let it go to 100 million and then stop the minting in that way uh, or in that sense they would allow accumulation of lots of pi in the hands of a few and when uh, with this new distribution model when we have a max supply 100 billion which actually is effectively 65 billion mineable pi they are they are they are uh, spreading it more meritocratically because now we are engaging with uh, the app time that we spent, which also infects our mining ratio, which Meldon spoke about, the node reward. So it is more meritocratic now, actually, than in the first phase. Why? Because the first phase was a bootstrapping phase. That's why they were more giving back then. They were, uh, and now, when we have enough people, we have 30 million. 30 million is something that is probably it is looked upon mathematically as a critical maze when you have 30 million people you will eventually have 300 million people in it inside it's it's out of question now and this yearly supply limit on top of this all this yearly supply limit is only theoretical nicholas said and it's stated in the white paper that this caps will probably be a lot uh, shorter they are talking weeks, days, or smaller epochs. Maybe we are talking one hour. Maybe we're talking 15 minutes. Who knows? Because our ledger is pretty fast. We can have 15-minute cap, which is dynamically reduced. Why not? And more people that are coming in, you can do the math, and it'll be very, very scarce for one for one person uh, to get. So we can say. So we can say that. At no time was a specific amount actually permitted for any of us who were, who were part of the first 100 million. At no time was it ever done. It was just written but never done. Given also that mainnet was actually created like over a year ago, as Merlin stated. I would say that the actual uh, problem there is that the core team never uh, was ready for so, so many people. Maybe their their uh, goal goal was to, to achieve one day 100 million people and that's it. The goal of one billion people was was added later on, and so they have had even to change the the, the approach and distribution of power, and that's why they change those uh, goals of distribution, like we have now from from a pre minted pools. To, to a 65 billion uh, pool for, for mining rewards. 
I would just like to add to, to Woody, yes, uh, I, I believe, I mean, honestly, I actually kind of predicted that we will have 100 billion cap supply. Why? Because Pi Network was developed at Stanford and it was developed from Stellar. Stellar was developed by Professor Mazieris. I mean, Stellar was already a work in, not only work done, work, it is still work in progress, but many scientists were gathered around it, economics and everyone. If they, why did they print 100 billion Stellar tokens at the beginning? They probably knew it was an optimal number for a global distribution. So that is why I predicted if, if we ever have a supply cap, it will probably be the same as Stellar. Even XRP, which Stellar was derived from, went on that route. Oh, interesting to see that there. Yeah. So allow me to uh, shed some light on that. The pre-white um, paper, uh, the first one, right, was stating that the mining supply would create a fixed supply of pi for each person that joins the network up to the first 100 million participants. In other words, for each person that joins the pi network, a fixed amount of pi is already pre-minted. But that supply is then released over the lifetime of that member based on their level of engagement and contribution to the network security. So what we're looking at here is possibly there is this pool of supply of Pi already designated for the pioneer that joined Pi Network if they were within the first 100 million pioneers, um, which we haven't even hit yet, right? So the question is, did that go out the window or is that still in play right now uh, and still active? Um, if you look at the amount of pioneers that are IAT and how much Pi they've actually been able to make themselves, uh, or um, also earn themselves, and it is not taking into consideration anybody from their earning team or security circle. I mean, there really isn't a pioneer that's a, that was an IAT pioneer that was able to transfer more than 5,000 Pi. So let's say the given amount would have been like 10,000 Pi per pioneer um, for the first 100 million. Even the ones that came in very early that are, you know, around or approaching like a thousand mining sessions total. I mean, it's based on the level of engagement and contribution. So they personally haven't even hit um, the amount that maybe was designated, nor will they ever hit it because the supply is released using an exponentially decreasing function, which means that the amount of pie that they are earning or can earn from the entire pool of pie out there, which is, you know, the total 100 billion, their share of that, even with their engagement and contribution, um, will never really allow them to hit the cap of whatever was designated. And of course, the pioneers that came after will be able to earn even less and less pie. They'll never get anywhere near whatever was designated, even if they engaged because of the time that they came in and the amount of pie they could have earned, which was greater in the beginning because that's when Pi Network needed the most amount of help to grow the network since it was smaller back then. That's why the reward was greater. But you can think of it like, the mining reward is, um, you know, I've said this before, it's like a rainbow, you know, and at the bottom of the rainbow, there's a lot more. And as time goes on, when you're looking at the X axis and then you're looking at the Y, it, it stops at the very top of the rainbow. And so, as you can see, less and less amount of pie. And this is what will happen when we go into the next phase of how people will get their mining reward. Uh, it's going to be less and less that will be able to be distributed uh, because the yearly supply cap will be less than the previous year, but there will be more people mining from that yearly supply cap. So that's why it will also be less.
great great yeah so uh it means that it was changed right you can, you can conclude that it was changed and we have a new model no that's not what i said it. i never said that it was changed what i said was it was probably and it, it probably still is in effect but we'll never have any pioneer ever hitting whatever that designated amount was because they can't if the amount was a lot greater than whatever any pioneer even the earliest one was able to earn okay okay as you mean as you mean the cap uh is fixed but we are not we we are not aware of what that cap would actually be like right we're speculating about it right yes, that's correct we don't know what that is they've never disclosed it to us but from my perspective i believe no pioneer has ever hit whatever that amount was and it's based on the engagement so you know some pioneers they mine every single day and they almost miss maybe only 10 seconds and they've done this for years and there's other pioneers they'll be mining you know consistently then forget a couple days and then remine again so it also is related directly towards their engagement throughout the time that they've had a pi account since they created it right 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 so okay over to what finko was driving at the um mining at main the mining formula as opposed to the yearly supply so fico okay okay yes um, but before I, i i was just going to clear because i think something become much more clear to me right now before i before i go into that particular point so it means that in the Preeminent white paper that we have, whatsoever it is that um, the white paper was referring to, as we got um, some particular amount that been preeminent for every pioneer, first hundred pioneer, for the first hundred million pioneer rather, would be referring to um, the number of pi they can mine based on their contributions. Would that be right? It's two things. It says based on the level of engagement and contribution. Oh, come again like I didn't get that it says in the white paper based on their level of engagement and contribution correct the combination of those two all right all right because i had this discussion with mjk we went back and forth it wasn't recorded but it was something that he was sharing with me and i think many people at that time and even up to now kind of overlooked because it almost sounds like it's a pension like you're, you're going to just be getting this pie for the rest of your lifetime because that's what it says for the rest of the pioneers lifetime um if they're within the first 100 million pioneers and so we discussed that extensively like what could that mean uh how would that work how does it work now with this new white paper and what it's stating um and that's the conclusion that I've come to personally in regards to how it still is in effect it never went away but it still applies and how it could apply All right so um I think that pretty much gives it a context as to what exactly that particular part um, of the white paper is talking about okay so um so let's just go a bit further I was going to you know bring it up I want us to talk about something a particular area of the new white paper that talks about the yearly supply cap of the thing that we get to have 
So um, I sincerely do not have a very good grasp of what that is because even when Apko was already talking and then he was, you know, explaining further how um, we could have it in probably how the supply can probably have it in in um, in days or in hours and all of all that. Okay, so what exactly is that referring to? The supply cap, is this something that we can actually know the amount of fire that could be mined yearly? And then the yearly that was mentioned, for example, in the white paper, is it yearly as per yearly? Because I think it is because some um, formulas that was that were explained after them, much more, um, kind of much um, put it into uh, more like it's something that must definitely be mined. That particular amount of fire that can be mined by heavy pyromania for a year must just be mined throughout that particular year. And also to the old idea that the particular pie, um, the amount of supply card that we have in a particular year gets to reduce in the next year, in the, in the next year that follows. So how exactly is that formula working such that, say for example, we have a particular amount of pie to mine in a particular year, okay, if the year is actually one year, I don't know, okay, how exactly is such that it reduces in the next year? So, and again, is it even possible, like I asked, that we know the particular amount of pie to be mined. Okay, I think, I mean, the last AMA that we had with, um, that the hobbies that we have on the back, I think um, um, Nicholas, Dr. Nicholas made mention of it as well. But I think I just would like us to, you know, clear much more here around this specifically. Uh, I believe that we are focusing too much about coming years. It's not about years. The years, I mean, what is the lifetime of the pie network? That is indefinite number. Uh, I think it all points down to those 65 billion pi. We have a pool of 65 billion pi, which is to be distributed. The more people are mining, the more, the lesser and lesser fractions are needed to maintain the distribution in a model which doesn't deplete the pool too fast. So that is why I personally believe this yearly supply cap limit or this epoch, which we are speaking in yearly, uh, in, in a year time, I think it will be, and it, it will be, it will have to be a lot shorter time frame. I don't know what the time frame will be, but I believe it will get shorter and shorter as more and more people enter the ecosystem and as more and more people are depleting the pool. I mean, it's pretty logical. <laughs> if just imagine it's like a pool of water, if <laughs> if if there are too many people that are drinking from that pool, right? So there, you need to, to give them less and less drops of that water. So eventually the pool will, or eventually the pool will run out dry. Natko, are you talking about the, the, the yearly pool or the pool for the entire coin that will be left to be mined in total? I'm talking about the entire pool, the 65 billion pool. It will be distributed to us indefinitely. So the more people are mining, the less and less fractions of pi that should be given out of that pool. So it can maintain. We, we need to maintain the pool. Uh, we need to maintain um, in, uh, the engagement in people to, to, to drive out from that pool, but not to dry it out entirely. And to do that, you give them less and less pi out of that pool yes okay. so what you right there uh in regards to the pie so the yearly supply cap it doesn't have to change in the amount of time frame um for how much there is in a supply for the year 
uh, the next year there will be less pie that will be distributed. And when it's being redistributed amongst the pioneers that are mining, which will be variable depending on how many are actively mining every 24 hours, right, throughout the day, um, that will determine kind of like what's left for the next day and then what's left for the entire year out of the entire supply. So it was designed in a way with the formula where you could never outmine what is available in the yearly supply for what will be redistributed among all the pioneers that are actively engaging and contributing regardless of all the multipliers that they're doing and all how big their earning team is it because it's all tied also to the base mining rate too so there's a lot of different mathematical factors there but the concern for many pioneers is will we outmine what's available um is that possible with the total supply and how many pioneers what if many many pioneers come in it doesn't matter how many pioneers come in because the pool is the same just what's redistributed will be less like natco is saying okay but um from what i understand from what natco was saying was that um as more people join the network the time remaining for the total pool to be mined gets shorter. Uh, but what I understood from the formula, it means that the time will only get longer because the yearly supply cap will be decreasing. Meaning that, for example, if the supply cap was probably 4 billion or less, and next year would be less than that, and so it keeps getting lesser and lesser, it means that the time keeps increasing for um, the amount of coins of the mine left. I don't know if I'm clear on that or uh, if I'm just uh, confused. No, okay, let me explain. Uh, no, uh, I, I think the time becomes irrelevant in this main distribution. I mean, why am I saying that? Only the number of people that are actively mining and engaging is relevant. All the formulas are actually uh, dividing those 65 billion pi for our distribution, why am I talking those epochs will get shorter? They will get shorter uh, because they will automat- uh, they will progressively adjust our base mining rate. That is why I'm talking about. So uh, those those uh, adjustable those adjustable base mining rate will will get ad- adjusted on a more frequent basis than one year, probably as more people join. Okay. Um, um, the new white paper, what I understood, I just want to be clear so that at least everyone also will be clear on what it says. Now, the new white paper talks about the number of people actively mining, um, in relation to the, um, day supply that will be determined for the next day and the next day. So the, uh, the amount of people mining actively, uh, there was no... At no point was it shown that it's it's related or it affected the uh, the supply cap that was to be determined for the next year, but it affected the supply for the next day. It will be a yearly supply cap, but the adjustment of the base mining rate will happen on on, on tiny uh, time frames. I would say an hour or a year. Uh, a day is too much, I would say, in a, in a project that gets 40,000, 40 to 60,000 people each day. Uh, an adjustment on, on a daily basis is not possible. It needs to be 
every hour. But the white paper says that um, the system-wide base will be constant in the entirety of the 24-hour mining session, meaning for the whole day, 24 hours that you mine. The mining base mining rate will be will be a constant. It will not change. It will change for the next day based on the amount of active miners that were present in the previous day. Well, that is the same thing as we... Oh, sorry. Okay, go ahead. Oh, this is where it gets very confusing for many pioneers because there's a lot of things coming into play. Like, you got the miner, right? The pioneer that's mining, and there's just the base mining rate. But we're so used to the idea that every pioneer has the same base mining rate because that's the way it's been forever until this coming time where it's now going to change. While it is a constant and the base mining rate, it will be different for every single pioneer because when they activate the mining session, it will be a different time than another pioneer who's activating it. And so while that may be constant, it's not going to be constant for the next day. It's going to depend on how many people are actively mining at the time that they do it and how much pie there is left in the yearly supply cap. Uh, the same thing was actually happening even in this pre-mainnet phase. For those of us who've lived uh, for more than one halving, we, we probably know this, many probably know this, that if you started your mining session before the halving events took place, it didn't actually brought your mining rate in half during your session, only on the beginning of the next session. That is because of the distribution model. Um, um, okay, okay, let's, let's take it this way. Uh, the base mining rate says the white paper says the base mining rate will be determined by the day supply divided by the uh, sum of all the multiples of the base mining rates, which are all the contributions of all pioneers, our lockup, security circle, nodes, app usage, etc., etc., all of that times 24 hours in a day. And um, I think, if I'm if I'm not wrong, the day supply would pretty much be would most likely be a constant across the year because um, it, the amount of pie left for the year will be divided by the amount of days left in a year. So as the days keeps getting shorter, um, the amount of pie mined for that day also is deducted, and it will give you a constant amount of. Um, pie to be supplied for each day across the year. So it means that the uh, the only thing that will be increasing would be the amount of people joining, which means the amount of um, of contributions that are being rewarded in the network over a 24-hour period. So if that keeps increasing on a daily basis, it would also it would rather mean that the base mining rate would be decreasing for each pioneer on a daily basis, regardless of if everyone has a different base mining rate, um, depending on when they click their mining session, which would be a different timing. I don't know if that's correct. But that is why I said that we shouldn't only focus on time as a, as a currency for the distribution. We, we need to think that there will be a lot, lot more people that are mining at the same time. If we are only looking yeah. at the time factor, uh, then it will deplete much faster. And the system won't allow that. This is why we have so many uh, formulas, so that the system can adjust itself almost instantly. 
That is why I'm talking that we will probably have a much smaller epochs for dynamical adjustment of the base mining okay. technique. So that goes into mm-hmm. what Matko was saying about time. It really is irrelevant in terms of how pioneers are looking at it because they're only looking at a snapshot of time. So during the last AMA discussion where the, well, not discussion, but presentation by the Pi Network founders, if you had listened to all of that uh, and had the opportunity to hear what they had to say when they were answering questions that were um, driven by the Pi Network moderators uh, in regard to how things would take place in the near future with KYC, uh, they, the one of the questions was about the total uh, supply of circulating supply of pi, and it was asked, "Is the locked up pi separate from that?" And they said, "No, it, it includes that." So, what does that mean? That means they're looking at the total circulating supply of pi with the locked up pi, because the locked up pi doesn't matter because three years is nothing when you're talking about pi existing forever after it's been created and it's been fully launched. Exactly. That pie is also in the hands of the users. That is why it is calculated as a circulator. It doesn't matter that it is locked to that user, but it will only be released to that user. Okay. Uh, thank you, Natko and Legend. I just wanted to read out um, read out a, a part of the updated minute mining uh, white paper that says that um, um, hence different pioneers would have slightly different days relative to their time of mining and thus potentially a slightly different B which is the base mining rate system wide base mining rate on the calculation below it says each pioneers B of their day stays constant through their mining session that is over the next 24 hours from the moment they start their mining session. How do you drive that? Exactly. But that is why it will be uh, smaller for the next one who starts after that. Oh, great. So it depends on how many are actively mining at that given period and for the the total 24-hour session. So I would really like to for us to drive away from the, the term day and use mining session because that's different, right? It could ride into yeah. two different days, physical days. So the thing is, um, when pioneers are mining, uh, there's always that variable with the earning team and how many pioneers from there are actively mining. Some fall off, some uh, come back on. And so the way that the formula uh, that they've created, you can calculate all that real time at any time for any pioneer and then cumulatively for the entire network. So. It may be complex, you know, for somebody to figure all that by themselves, but for a computer system where they have all the formulas set up, it can do all that. And so it's going to change and pioneers can't just be talking to another pioneer later on and say, well, how many do you have in your earning team? And okay, then you can generate this amount of pie for the whole 24 hour session. They really won't be able to know because every pioneer's amount of pie for the base mining rate will now be different. That is why, because of this probability event, we can now, and that is always such as that in life, we can always calculate the luck element. I mean, if you push your button and in in that second, less pioneers are mining effectively than if I push my button five seconds later, maybe five million of those already engaged their button. 
I was out of luck for that session. Yeah, and being a part of, you know, different communities throughout the years, I can already tell you, um, I've been monitoring to activity on pioneers in terms of how active they are. And I'm sure other social media uh, content creators and influencers for Pi uh, Network can also um, confirm this, that there are certain times of the year where there are a whole lot more pioneers active, especially the, like when we get close to the anniversary of Pi Network versus other months. So maybe those other months you could possibly earn more Pi. It also depends on which time of the year it was and when the yearly supply cap begins. Because, you know, even the fiscal year in some countries, it'll start like in July. But um when you're talking about a year, uh, does it begin at the beginning of the year and at, end at the end of the year for Pi when they start their yearly supply cap? We don't know, um, but hopefully they can let us know in the future. Exactly. Right, Sofiko, what you? Hey, Fico. Okay, maybe Fico's not here. I just um, wanted us to drive something um, out from the the mining of of minutes. The formula talks about the contribution. Yeah, it's just something just about also that um, you know different pioneers they have different time of clicking. So if those pioneers are in your earning team, it also means that your your um, contribution rewards are also fluctuating based on. Um, who's clicking at what time and who's not clicking and when they're supposed to click and, and, and all that. Um, are we are we are we to understand from this that um, the the sum of the contributions of all pioneers in a 24 hour session as calculated by the algorithm is it fluctuating is it fluctuating? um within the day i mean so for the next supply for the next mining rates to be determined when it's, it's going to change uh, are these fluctuations going to be considered when your earning team is active when they are not active during a session and everything calculated against the next section or is it just going to be picked up with the computer just um the algorithm will be just calculated based on a particular time maybe when everyone was active or a certain amount of people was active at that time and it was it's based on that time that the next base mining rates will be calculated upon how do you understand that uh, uh, okay well, the system is already rewarding us in real time when our invites are active or not. Regarding this, will it change inside one day? Yes, I believe it will. The more people that are mining, it will have to change because when you have the more the community grows, the more the number of okay. active or inactive users are fluctuating. That is why we need to have very small time epochs for for the adjustments okay. probably in the I, I don't know probably an hourly maybe even 15 minutes who knows that this we will find out it will depend on the on the speed of the growth of the network 
Okay. Okay. You know, the way that the new mining rate is going to be given is based off of the boost mining rate. Then you have your boosters, and then you have your rewards. So three different categories, right? The base mining rate yeah. we already spoke in depth about that, and are still discussing it. Then you have the boosters. That's the pioneer and their activity and being engaged. And then the security circle. So it's those two categories. Uh, and then you have rewards. Rewards is that third category, and the factors in there are the pioneer being active for a mining session. The referral team, which will fluctuate throughout that mining session, depending on who's active and who's not, and then and who's engaged. And then you have the utility usage bonus, which will come from the DApps that Pi Network is creating in the Pi browser or Pi Utilities DApp that they have in their Pi Network app. And pioneers that are using that, that are uh, you know using it in terms of different DApps, uh, checking them out, the amount of time that they're doing that, uh, it will create a bonus for them. Uh, and then the yeah. node bonus is the the fourth category there. Uh, and, and you know, just to you know, just put it the Pine Network the moderators have never had any type of incentive to do what they've been doing in terms of helping educate the community and also guiding them and understanding Pi Network in the Pi Network app until now. This new white paper is now speaking about them getting a little bit more uh, in terms of the utility usage from the app usage. Uh, it's in there uh, and it's just a brief section, but um, that is something that uh, I would like to discuss on if other pioneers out there think that's fair because of their contribution or if they think that sh that's not fair because they have an edge because they are a Pi Network moderator and they will get a, a little bit more of an increase than every other pioneer out there. Yes, definitely. Uh, I think I want, to, I want you to talk about it, like you said, because I've also talked about it too, because that exactly might seem not fair to the pioneers. However, I don't know exactly how the core team views this particular um, implementation. So I think I would like if you could probably just share your thoughts on it and then let's see if we could get a better light on this. I believe it's pretty logical for the pioneers to be rewarded. Yes, it's what you get out. Sorry, moderators to be rewarded. Yeah, the Pi Network moderators. So they've obviously contributed a lot to the network in educating pioneers. And not every Pi Network moderator that has been a moderator that was elected by the core team and the founders. Some of them are no longer moderators. They've been removed because of inactivity or their vision of Pi is different. Um, but some new ones uh, are constantly being selected from the community based on their activity because new pioneers come in all the time, right? And you can see a pioneer coming in, helping everybody, and then they may be nominated by the previous Pi Network moderators in order to become a new Pi Network moderator for Pi Network. So I believe they contributed a lot and they should be rewarded for that, and they never have in the past. Uh, and so how much more of a reward is that? We don't know, but it is a little bit more than what anyone else could get um, given the same situation as a pioneer. They will be retroactively rewarded, such as the node participants. I mean, they were spending electricity, they were, they were using their hardware, so they also invested their time and effort a bit more than some of the others. So they should be rewarded more. Why not? Do you think this may be factored in into the X that um, 
X unknown multiple of the base mining rate that was put in the white paper. Or what no, other things? I don't think that's going to impact them because it doesn't state that that's where they get the extra pie from. It states specifically for the app usage reward. It says uh, in the white paper, the new one, it says a noteworthy implication here is that pie chat moderators who have been helping to guide pioneers and monitor undesirable activities on pie chats over the last two years will mine the app usage reward at a higher rate when the mainnet launches. And so that is just one factor of the three categories that I stated earlier. So let, let's just um, remind everybody what that was. You know, the three categories uh, in terms of how people will earn their pie uh, is based on the base mining rate of that user, the boosters and the rewards and the utility usage bonus, which comes from the app usage falls within the category of rewards. So in terms of their base mining rate, it will have no impact. Okay. That's fantastic. I would, I would also like to hear more from you and not come melding on this, maybe like a, should I say speculation or an incited guess, what what do you all think would be possible um, contributions that would be included in that X? You know, they say there's a, there's an unspecified X there to reward future contributions for pioneers, but we don't know what those contributions could be or. What's what do you all think? Well, or probably, or probably, and maybe some liquidity pools some liquidity pools that we will be able to to lend our pie to bring up more liquidity we only have five billion pies locked up for liquidity so maybe down the down the road much more and probably much more will be needed i believe this will be some kind of incentive that is not locked up pie that is transferable pie lended for for liquidity because it is liquid pipe. The locked one isn't liquid yet. Also, oh, you're saying if a pioneer chooses to maybe donate pipe to the liquidity pool, then he gets a, a mining boost reward based on that? Yes, probably. Okay. A any other speculation from Legend Melding on this? What that X could factor in the future? Be honest, I don't know. Go on, go on. When you're saying uh, the X factor, are you talking about in terms of just a pioneer's contribution? What could they possibly do to earn more pie? And what would be considered as a contribution that would reward that? Is that what you're asking? Yes, exactly. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I think that a lot of pioneers, what they're looking at um, in terms of earning pie is through mining pie and the base mining rate and looking at, okay, what can I do so I can earn more pie? Okay, I'm going to go ahead and be engaged inside the pie browser. I'm going to be going and looking at all the different pie network dApps that have been created by uh, developers and teams of uh, the pie community so that they can see that I'm actively using it. It's not going to be dependent on how much 
pie that pioneer spent, but just in their engagement with different types of pie network dApps that will yeah. be available in the pie browser or pie utilities dApp. And so um, a pioneer can easily be able to increase the amount of pie they can earn through that factor uh, for that multiplier. But there is something um, you know that you need to think about that we all need to think about. And that's in regards to that pie that we're earning through that method needs to transfer over, right? But will the pie that um, that you earn whenever you sell a good or offer a service, that pie already that's has pie. been KYC'd by a pioneer. So that pie should end up directly into your free balance automatically. And that would be usable pie right away. And that could be even more pie in terms of what you can earn and uh, obtain, I mean, rather than just mining the pie. So it is something to really think about. Correct, correct. Be cool. Next right. All right. Um, All right. Yeah, I actually was going to um, make us move um, the discussion a bit for that. And then, you know, I want us to, I, but I, I want, I, before I go into that, um, Legend want us to think about something, but I really didn't get a picture of what he was trying to say. Probably could just emphasize this further and then we move from there. I'm sorry, what were you asking? Yeah, I said that um, you, from the last comment you just made, you explained something and then you said you would like us to just think about that a little, probably discuss about it. So I really didn't have a good grasp of what you were trying to point specifically so i was saying if you could try to just you know emphasize it better let, let, let it more, be more clear yes so it was about the pie that we can have right a pioneer is always actively thinking how can i earn more pie but the type of earning more pie that they're thinking about to have more pie is based on what we can mine and uh what we can mine will be based off the base mining rate what type of engagement we have on the Pi app usage, if we have a node that we're actively operating so we can support Pi Network's blockchain, our earning team, how much we grow it, how big we can grow it, and how active those pioneers are within it, um, and also actively making sure that we're engaging as many mines as we can as soon as one ends, we start another, and that our security circle is at the max. But regardless of all that, because it's all tied to the base mining rate, you're talking about pie that has to be transferred over later on. And so there could be a lockup tied up with that too. So you can't use the pie automatically in terms of all of it. And there's a limited amount of pie. Uh, there's a certain amount of pie that you can earn from that. But what I'm saying is perhaps the focus needs to change. And we need to be looking at if your goal is to have even more pie, then what's a better way to obtain more pie where you can use it right away? And that would be if you offered a good or a service to another pioneer. Obviously, that pioneer can't pay you unless that pie has been KYC'd and it's in their free pie balance. And once you accept it and they send it to you, it should end up in your free pie balance where you can use it right away and you could possibly obtain more pie that way than you could ever mine. That's what I'm trying to say. Exactly. The system is designed to incentivize to spend that pie, not just earn it and sit on it. The more pie you're willing to lock from yourself, to put away from yourself, and the less pie you are willing to have to drive the economy with, that brings 
your uh, opportunity to earn more pie higher and actually it drives the whole ecosystem higher because uh, the less fragments of pie that are circulating for that economy the more the nominal value grows to sustain that same economy i hope you understood what i wanted to say <laughs> yes you know you're right about everything that you said right there so if there's less pie that's actually circulating inside the pie ecosystem's economy whether that's inside the dapps or whether that's peer to peer which is the way it really should be is peer to peer but i know that pie network and their core team are trying to drive it through the dapps within their pie network app and there's a good reason for that right it's very valid you want a one-stop shop which allows any pioneer to actively get everything that they need to in order to extract the value from pie whether that's through the social network and the networks that they can create through that in the communities and also the business relationships that can be established or the pioneer can just use the app that they're already earning the pie from and then just spend within there inside the pie browser or the pie utilities dapp and it's going to be able to, for them to have access to everything else rather than going and creating a new account on a new platform not knowing if they could trust the type of businesses that are there that exist outside of pi networks app or outside of the pi network dapps that are within the pi network app so those are all the things to consider but we have to look at pi's vision and pi's vision has always stated they want to build a whole pi ecosystem where pi is driving it as the world's most widely used cryptocurrency on a peer to peer level peer to peer being the focus thank you <laughs> okay yeah that's the so i think that once more brings me back to where we started from exactly when legend was you know when he was giving his own overview as regards the white paper and then you know you stated the claim but i had to write it down because i wanted us to meet as much as possible and emphasize it that uh, not so many people or you know, in a lot of pioneers how they have drifted the attention of the goal of pine network and of course um, while some people have a better understanding as um, how as to how we want pie to be of a currency for daily transactions within people a lot of pioneers have actually much more concentrated to their own local communities like you said which is not so much of, of the, the total vision of pioneer okay so and like you said you know we should have a broader view as regards or the, the best grasp as possible as regards the vision of pi which is a a, a a a currency that is used for daily transactions globally on a peer-to-peer level what that means is that i can transact with any pioneer out there anywhere in the world much more on a peer level so um the the um the focus really needs to 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 be on the risings basically and then of course when the legend was talking or was saying something just now you know you are also saying something you said something as regards how we could give our attention to um aside the other ways to which we could we could hand more pie aside the whole um the lockup boost aside the um load participation or probably engaging in utility applications of the pie browser and all of all that you know um, there are other ways to which one could actually hand more pie in the economy on a peer-to-peer level okay where you probably um um either provide a service you know such a pie that you hang from that automatically move into your transferable pie and then you can use it right away okay so um i think it begins to 
become much more interesting for pioneers to really i think it becomes much more interesting for pioneers to begin with while of course it's very good you pay attention to the different reward um system i mean the reward system the mining system and how much you could hit much more pipe of there it's 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 um becomes much more interesting when you begin to think about the other areas to which you could really head more pie okay and then in fact that would go that would that would that could be much more um that could come so much more and then could even cause you to be more creative and then to hand a whole lot of pie as it were so um, i think it's just very very good that um we have a very good balance to all of all these things so that we don't just put our focus to just one direction of a thing because eventually as we move into the um in the main net what we eventually now much more matters to us is what exactly do you have to offer in the economy of pine network um what skill what service what product you have to offer to really eventually earn more pie because that would be much more interesting actually okay so um so i want us to there the question that has been on my mind actually as regards the whole liquidity thing the five billion pie that is being separated for liquidity provision and that very question is this um I don't know it's not written in the white paper and I don't know the plan of the city but so this would much more be this would be me requesting her own um um speculative view about it so for the five billion pie or the liquidity provision will it take effect um from this enclosed minute or it will have to be during the open minute because there's a part of the, of course the white paper that while when while they were talking about the five billion pie um for liquidity um it was actually stated there that uh, well, explaining the place of liquidity in the um, economy or in the ecosystem, and it's what we're trying to do as liquidity is going to um, help the um, ecosystem to be much more healthy as well. Okay, so I don't know if that liquidity is going to take effect from the enclosed minute or into the open minute. And if it's going to be in a closed minute, so that would, I'm asking, this is where I just want to understand what could likely happen. So that would be much more, that would much more be like, okay, um, um, the court team okay requesting for liquidity provision from pioneers okay as well so i don't know uh let's i would like to have a clarification on this specifically the way and i the way i understood it from the white paper i don't know if i'm correct crypto legend will say his own opinion i'm curious to to, to hear the way I see it, the Pi Network is growing as one global DAO, Decentralized Autonomous Organization. So we can look at Pi Network as one decentralized entity, but it is entity after all. I believe this 5 billion Pi for liquidity pool is like a fail-safe mechanism for uh, collaboration with some other entities, probably business entities down the road. That pool will probably be as a fail-safe mechanism if there are some malicious players inside the Pi network which won't uh, respect their payment or something to some other entity that they can be paid from that liquidity pool, leaving Pi network intact in its reputation. Go on, Crypto Legend. <laughs> yeah, so the liquidity pool is what is created in the cryptocurrency world uh, so that pioneers or anyone that is a crypto user can either like buy or sell crypto on decentralized 
I'm legend. We can hear you again. I don't know. Your network or your mic. Hello, legend. Are you there? Hello? Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you now. Keep going. Okay, so um, just recapping on that, I don't know when I... Uh, was disconnected there. But liquidity pools are basically for people that are crypto users that buy or sell the crypto on decentralized exchanges or centralized exchanges um, or on other decentralized finance platforms. Um, but it's basically like a crowdsource, a pool of cryptocurrencies or tokens that are locked. It's a smart contract um, and it helps facilitate trades. And you need to be able to have something like that so that businesses can be able to tap into it and they can already obtain the value immediately. Um, and then other people can go ahead and contribute towards that, that have pie uh, in the future where they could be incentivized um, just for locking up some of their pie in there. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things that could happen uh, with that, but it is an element uh, of the crypto world that is a necessity to make uh, the liquidity of pie move uh, throughout its ecosystem. Right. Much more specifically, from what you say, is it possible that that could come in the closed network phase? The closed network phase uh, or period? I don't think so. That's probably going to be something more in the open network uh, period once we go fully decentralized. I agree. I think it's for the open network. All right, but the, the very question that we could not ask on that point is that, um, well, I you know there's a whole lot of sketchy area to the enclosed network. So um, um, I, I think I just want us to talk about this while we begin to bring everything to a close gradually. Okay, so um, the very question we want to ask, of course, we don't know how long um, the enclosed network period would be. Of course, the white, the white paper says from three to six months or even much more. Okay, so let's assume that the enclosed network, um, enclosed um, phase is going to be lasting for some long period of time, say for some six months and all of all that. Um, don't you feel like um, without the, without liquidity being provided into the um, ecosystem, don't you feel it's going to be a major factor um, for to, to make the economy much more healthier as a way? The liquidity will be provided in the enclosed network by the by those same services or goods that are on offer. But anyhow, I need to say I need to ask this question. The only area that confuses me personally is when we're looking at the enclosed network period, there are only two types of transactions that are valid. That is pioneer to that transaction and peer-to-peer -peer or pioneer-to-pioneer -pioneer transactions. I'm not sure how the core team will actually be able to control uh, the monetary trading of Pi over that peer-to-peer -peer transactions. Because truthfully, if I can send my Pi to other pioneer, who says that I can't take money from him on the street for his Pi? Isn't that building up of the monetary economy unofficially i would like crypto legends comment on this thanks absolutely so when iat was released 250 to 300 pioneers were given the ability to transfer pi 
and they could transfer that pie to any pioneer in Pi Network's network. And so while they could transfer it to that pioneer, that pioneer could not transfer it to anyone else. They weren't given the access to have IAT just because pie from an IAT pioneer was transferred to them. But that allowed peer-to-peer marketplaces or exchanges specifically between two pioneers to occur globally. And the question is, did some pioneers actually sell their pie to another pioneer in exchange for fiat currency? And I'm here to tell you, yes, that did happen on several occasions. And so that is the reason why the founders of Pi Network and the Pi Core team evaluated what occurred and realized they needed to put systems in place to try and prevent that from happening. Now, it's really difficult because even the government will have trouble regulating like that. And that is why when they look at taxes and how much gains people have made through crypto on crypto exchanges, they don't come after really the crypto user and what type of transactions they have done off the grid it's more so how much did they make in terms of when they bought in and when they sold that crypto did they make more than ten thousand dollars over the year and then they're going to be taxed and that information is provided from the crypto exchange to the irs right so uh in america so in regards to that on a peer-to-peer level it's very hard to monitor and also for pi network's founders and core team it is very hard to monitor, but the way that they've been monitoring it is through their community, right? Through the Pi Network chat moderators. They are also involved in many different communities out there. And some of them lead really big communities too. And also other pioneers, right? They have that email where pioneers can report any type of suspicious activity or any type of information that they see that they may think would be some example of fraud where maybe a pioneer is pretending that they're selling pie already um, and it's not real maybe it's like an erc20 uh, coin or maybe it could be um, another token from um, the binance smart chain right like a bet 20 so with that uh a pioneer who's not familiar with crypto will think they're actually purchasing pie right? and they're going to get scammed because uh, they're not going to get pie. They're going to get something that looks like pie, but it's not pie uh, if they were trying to do something like that today. But there were some pioneers that could actually transfer real pie. And so some of them were not careful in what they did. Right. And they just publicly got a screenshot of that. And then that was shared throughout the community. And then they were reported. And then after that, they lost their ability for IAT. The Pi founders would not do that unless they knew for sure. And they had a a substantial amount of evidence to prove that, yes, they did sell their Pi for fiat currency. But if you're talking about on a massive level, will some pioneers probably do that if they think they can get away with it? And you're talking about millions of people, the probability is very high. But in terms of Pi being used also as a currency, will many pioneers use their Pi as a currency, if it can give them more value than actually just selling it for fiat currency, I think many more will gravitate towards that, especially if they know they can trust the platform that's offering the good or service, knowing fully well that if they paid the pie, they would receive the good or service, and there wouldn't be any questions as to whether or not that would arrive or that they would be having that service rendered to them. When when we have our pie transferable on our main app wallets, the, the fact is that those are non-custodial wallets. I honestly believe that peer-to-peer transfer- transactions will be uh, 
untrackable in terms of monetary valuing it. Um, I believe it is imperative for us as a community to to educate as more people inside the community as we can, not to sell their pie cheap. They will probably be in a situations. Many of the pioneers will probably need money, and they will be in a situations that they will that they will sell their pie. They will think that they earn a lot of money, but eventually they will see that they haven't. Not just because of fiat money devaluating, but because of pie's value appreciating. I believe. Uh, I'm afraid the core team won't be able to control that aspect because honestly, someone can say that he sold, sold PS5 to someone. He can even take a picture, but take money from him for that pie, another PS5, for instance. So the, it will happen. So education, education is imperative to me. Uh, I, I'm afraid some of the people will probably get burned in the process for better of the, or the worse for the appreciation of the asset but I, I'm optimistic that they will probably realize learn educate themselves and see what they have in their wallets and they should use it as intended if they use it as it is intended inside the economy it will bring them so much more value than than selling it for fiat that's what I want to say Yes, you know, many people will get burned on both ways, right? You're going to have the pioneer who has a lot of pie and someone's telling him, well, pie is actually worth this much. Maybe it's like a cent or five cents or whatever. It's not going to be worth that much in a monetary amount uh, to the person who is wanting to buy it. And maybe the pioneer who has a lot of pie is not aware of what kind of value their pie can offer them. And because their family is hurting financially, they will sell the pie that they have and get very little for it um, in terms of what they could get in terms of value from an economical value standpoint. Um, but then you have the other person who has pie um, and then someone else is telling them that, uh, you know, it's worth, you know, $300 for a pie. And so the other person saying, okay, like I need that pie because I don't have much pie, but I have a lot of fiat currency. Like I'll, I'll, pie, I'll buy two pie from you um, at $300 each. You know, when there's no crypto exchange listing it or anything like that, they're going to go off of that information because they trust that person that's about to sell it to them. And then that pioneer gets $600 in exchange for two pie. So did the person get really get burned in that situation? It depends on who's looking at it, right? And where pie will be in the future and what type of value pie can offer. So this is why I really wanted to bring this topic up in regards to this whole blown out um meetings and meetups across many different types of online conventions about pi consensus value and it being a hundred dollars three hundred fourteen dollars a thousand dollars i've seen ten thousand twenty thousand i mean the sky's the limit on what people are saying and saying that the community should agree to that but none of that matters right what we got to stop all that what we need to do is focus on pi being able to be utilized as a currency for goods and services where the value of what can be obtained from it is not derived on some type of fiat currency that it's pegged to at a certain amount, but where it's coming from the average amount of pie that a pioneer has, let's say 100 pie. Based on that, this is how much a common everyday item should cost in pie. And that's it, where there's no monetary fiat currency pegged to the pie because that's going to cause all sorts of issues in the future. And that is a primary reason why there is this enclosed 
Network period, where Pi Network wants to drive pioneers to be using the dApps so that they can monitor the type of transactions that are happening. And also pioneers are not getting burned either way outside of the network um, if they're doing peer-to-peer -peer exchanges with fiat currency and Pi. Um, so they put out the disclaimer, if you are doing fiat to crypto, if they hear about that uh, from any Pi Network, pioneer out there i mean they could have the ability to shut down any transferable pie that may be in the process uh for your account because you violated their terms of use but i just want us to really think about what pie should be able to do and it should be able to offer any value to every pioneer in the world not just today but even decades from now and we can't do that unless we start looking at the common denominator which is the last pioneer to enter pie network even years from now Exactly. Thank you very much, Legend. Um, okay, sorry, Natko. So, thank you very much, Legend. Uh, the first time you made mention of this, during the first section of Letter Power, we were talking about the value of Pi. You actually did say something about this specifically. And the truth is, if you look at different communities around Pi Network, how then we have a whole lot of speculations going on around some people valuing one Pi for $100, for $3, $14, for Ten thousand dollars. I've not even seen twenty thousand, but you said you've seen twenty thousand. Okay, so, so um, and then you know you said it specific then that um you don't think that's like the way it should go pegging um one pie to some fiat monetary value as well. Okay, so I think I it's, it's just good while we begin to wrap up things. I think we can begin to gradually wrap up on this particular note. Of course, we've been talking about a bit about the twenty million. So um, how exactly do you feel it could happen? Okay, you give a you give a hint as regards paying attention to you know the very last pioneers that would probably come in and then we can probably then pick up um like um get to give evaluation i mean um about one what what one pie can actually buy as well so i think i just want you to explain a bit more so many pioneers can clear the hair and then in fact you know you said something that they might there's likely a problem to happen with the whole value of um, pegging one pie or valuating one pie to a fiat value as well. So can you just talk about what the likely problem could be and then what you feel from your own perspective could be the right way to go about this whole valuation thing. So the problem you could be going to see pioneer, you know, begin to um, come down on the whole one pie, one thousand dollar thing, one pie three, fourteen dollar thing, and all of what and then we probably begin to have a better perspective as to how to go about the valuation of pie within the even within the closed minute. Yes, so the economic value is the value that can be obtained from goods and services when a pioneer uses their pie as a form of payment and medium of exchange. When a pioneer and another pioneer uh, come into an agreement in terms of how much something should cost. But then pioneers out there always say, well, how much should it cost? We don't know how much pie that should be. So let's take a look at how much it costs in fiat currency. And then after that, we have a pegged value and then we can determine how much it should be in pie based on how much one pie is worth in regards to the fiat value sovereign currency uh, it's pegged to. So with that, um, we want to change that mentality and start looking at okay so if the average pioneer has a hundred pie um then how much should this cost if this item is every day uh that someone would purchase it maybe it's like a can of soda so that's not a very high cost in many almost every country right um so with that the amount of pie shouldn't be that high either um if an average amount of pie that a pioneer has is a hundred 
100 pi. Then that kind of soda should not cost 100 pi or 1,000 pi. Um, that just doesn't make sense. But when pioneers are trying to value how much a pie should offer, there is the individual aspect of them thinking about how much pie they have, how long it has taken them to earn that amount of pie, and how much of that pie they're willing to uh, give away in terms of using it in exchange for the product or the service that they are about to receive. So a pioneer who has a lot of pie, you would think, would be willing to part with one pie, no problem, because they have maybe 5,000 pie. Um, but it could be different, right? Maybe that pioneer, even though they have a lot of pie, they value the pie greatly. But at the end of the day, no matter what, it all comes down to those two pioneers coming and reaching an agreement in regards to how much the other one thinks it should be worth and how much the other one thinks it should be worth, which is usually when we saw in the IAT um, when it was occurring, they were usually always two different values. Um, one pioneer valued it more, one pioneer valued it less. But at the end of the day, in order for the transaction to happen, they had to compromise at some point and then come to an agreement and say, OK, at that value, we'll go ahead and make this exchange happen. And I think that's going to happen on a peer to peer level worldwide based on the experiences and what other pioneers feel price should be worth and how much value it should offer to the pioneer. And that's the way we, sh we should be looking at it. While it's more complex, we should just be looking at each transaction between two different pioneers on a case by case basis, because that's the really the reality of how it will occur. And that's how it has occurred for IAT. Exactly. That is why when someone asks me how much pie is going to be worth, I always ask them back how much value or their services or their goods are there prepared to bring for that value. The more value we bring into the ecosystem, the more value we can extract from it. That's what I said in the last session, if I remember correctly. So uh, I believe all those talks, uh, all, all those talks about the high fiat nominal value of pi can get pretty dangerous if they are not backed sincerely. I challenge all of those people that are valuing it so high that they should uh, they should make a step up and they should make uh, an example. They should bring their goods or services for that value. When that happens, then we can talk about those numbers. And that's, that, that is what Crypto Legend just said. I believe the true consensus price we will see as a, when we see the whole world transacting in Pi, we, we will see where the median is between the sellers and the buyers, and we will know the price then. Anything before that is a pure speculation. Yes, and there is one idea I'm just going to throw out there that's going to make your mind really spin uh, as a pioneer, and this is the idea. I hope everyone's ready to hear this. It doesn't matter <laughs> how much pie you have at all, because it's not going to matter if you can't spend it. Right. So you can't extract the value from it unless you can go somewhere that you can trust that you also know the value is high. Right. So if the value is higher from the platform that you can trust where you know you can get the good or service. That's what's ultimately going to matter, because if the pioneer, let's say that has 10,000 pie, doesn't know about a platform 
that is trusted that can offer a good or service at a certain amount of value and they go to a different platform which asks for so much more pie for the same amount uh, for the same type of item or service they're going to get less value from their pie even though they have more pie so that is something to think about where can you spend the pie and actually extract the value from it and those are the points where we make an example that is correct i mean that is why pie as i once said in our video <laughs> uh with mad max and cozy i said that pie is not a trustless system it is a system based on a trust and that is why we are drawing this this trust graph for the pie network hence the security circle we are bringing people in be not because we want to extract value from them but because we want to share our value with them on on both of our benefits as a buyer and as a seller that is what this whole thing is about so when you're talking about you know our focus for today's session is about the white paper i wanted to enlighten everybody to take a look at the white paper on the section of where it discusses about the provisional governance model it shows a, a value uh in terms of the quantity amount of pioneers out there that would make up that uh model and it's less than 5 million pioneers and the beginning sentence says until the network hits a critical mass of 5 million members then pi will operate under a provisional governance model this was written back in the very beginning when the white paper was first like developed right so back then the pi network founders believed that over 5 million pioneers was already a critical mass amount of people in one network for one crypto and at that time it really was you know to achieve that many people even today it still is there's many um cryptocurrencies out there and they're trying to drive as many users as they can to adopt their crypto by creating so many different social media networks and having so much influencers create more publicity on TikTok, Twitter, whatever, you name it, it's out there. They're trying to put it out there to adopt more users and Pi Network has never had that problem acquire more users, but once we pass the 5 million members on the constitutional convention, um a provisional committee will be uh will be formed and based on the previous contributions to the pi network where now there would be organized uh organizing a series of on and offline conversations where pi members will be able to weigh on pi's long-term constitution which is happening right now i'm glad you mentioned that that is the only i think we talked about that in previous sessions that is the only part of the white paper that hasn't actually i mean it hasn't effectively taken place so far i i hope we will have this really soon all right so um very great one so far um i think we've been able to do to a very good extent justice into today's topic as regards what the pie the white paper of planet talk um says okay so um of course today's a third section of, of the this event and then the last section is coming up which is of course next week Saturday and then what we want to do in that particular session is that we actually want to try to bring every whole of the things we've been saying also the three sections together 
okay i mean you want to just bring everything together into one piece as much as possible and then give the audience much more opportunity to be able to ask questions and then we we'll begin to um be able to get things even much more clear all right so i'm just saying this so that you can anticipate that particular session which is the kind of the last session for this particular um, event and then um, we hope to be able to discuss so much more actually okay so um before we give a final wrap up of course like i said earlier on um we have um a special appearance which is a team behind decent app okay so if you don't know about decent apps um of course you're about to find out now and that's because the ceo of that company um, is around so it's going to be giving us um presenting to us what the um the company hopes to offer or what the company is offering to the um, community or to the network to pine network as well all right so i don't know if um his name is olivia i want to believe he's here with us okay so um i'll just like him to just take some few minutes just give some presentation to everybody about what decent halves is all about and all of that so uh, olivia if you can hear me all right so i believe you're muted so can you just go ahead please Hello. Hello everyone. I'm Oliver, the CEO, CEO of Decent Apps Limited, the company behind PyWebinar and Lottery.py. I'm with my team now, Reg, our CEO, Natalie, our CTO, Vinny, Vinny, our CMO, and Willie, our lead content writer. PyWebinars is but a hackathon honorable mention project where pioneers and developers have joined hands to build a future of Py together. The app is for users to create and upload webinar slash video content for other pioneers to watch and learn. Um, sorry, Oliver, um, if you can be more audible so we can hear you much more clear. I want the audience to have a good grasp of everything you are presenting to Sorry, can you hear me? And here you are only saying you can be much more audible. So okay. Um, webinar topics can be mostly educational and can be of any topic that will be of interest to others. Some topics can include cryptocurrency, DIY, finance, fitness, food, gaming, history, pets, music, sport, and technology. All languages are welcoming, welcome on our platform, encouraging global adoption of the Pi Network and our app. Webinar hosts are encouraged to showcase mostly educational content lasting for at least 10 minutes and at most one hour. Pi Webinars aims to go beyond just being a learning tool, while it promises to offer all the features you would expect from a platform of this kind. PyWebinars has a lot more to offer, being one of the few platforms where you can both earn and learn. Pioneers may access PyWebinars through the Ply browser or on desktop and upload their webinars. Viewers can choose to watch the webinars and will, and will pay using Pi, the amount of which will be set by the creators of the webinars. Pi received by the creators will be stored in their account as Pi credit and can be withdrawn or spent on other webinars at any time. The creators of the of webinars will receive 80% of all the Pi made on their webinars, with Pi webinars taking the remaining 20% for, the, for providing the service. It's been a while since we were recognised as one of the winners in the, least, in the recently concluded Pi Hackathon, but we have not rested on our laurels. We're still working very hard to improve our app. So we're currently working on the new update, reworking its features from the ground up, which we hope to release within the next few days. This update will enable us to accept MP4 and MOV video file uploads and support users' accounts and profiles along with features that you would ex expect of that, including following, unfollowing other accounts, holding high credit and more. Our app is engineered to be UI-oriented, meaning that users will get the best, most satisfying user experience possible. 
I encourage everyone interested to start planning and recording their webinars ready to upload to our site. We are reminding everyone that you can upload exclusive content and earn from, uh, from our app in return. It's neither us nor the other winners who are the real winners of the hackathon. It's the PyCore team that emerged triumphant because they are able to inspire us all to develop our own DMs. In closing, I'd like everyone to be inspired by the attitude of the PyCore team and to have patience because it takes time to create great things. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. That's a great one from Decent Hubs. Thank you very much, Oliver. I mean, actually very good. Feels good to have you on board. So, pioneers, if you feel you have much more questions, um, I think I'm going to be dropping the link to your community group anytime from now, so you can just join. And of course, if you have questions, um, is on our group. You can also ask there. Um, so, I actually, um, PyWebinar is actually a very good project. A very, very good project, actually. And then, of course, we are expecting so much more to be done um, via education through that particular platform. So it's actually a very good one. Thank you very much, Oliver. Thank you for coming on board. Thank you for supporting um, Let's Talk Pi yeah, so far. You. All right. So, yep. No, you're welcome. Okay, so yeah, um, so I will begin to bring everything to a close. Um, I think let's just take one or two reactions from the community. Um, if you have any question of any form, of course, just try to type them down. So it will be attended to. Okay. The coming, the coming session, I think we will be able to allow us to ask questions via the voice chat as well. Okay, so right about now, I'm just going to be accepting those that want to just give um contribution as a way to everything that we have been said actually if you have any question that you guys the white paper or any part of what we've been discussing so far if you just pin them down on the charts and then respond to them okay so um let me just check through for one or two hands hop um if you know you want to speak kindly just um raise your hand right now okay um i can see muhammad your hand is up Okay, so you're muted right away. You just go ahead. All right. Good day, everyone. I'm Bashar Mama by name, as you can see. Um, actually, I'm very happy to find myself here in a discussion room with Alan Pai. So, uh, up, upon all the discussion going on, I heard, uh, was it a uh, uh, crypto legend? Was saying a, a, a lot of things about 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 liquidity and so on. Um, uh, actually, I would like to to share more light about it. Liquidity normally doesn't comes without open mainnet. So normally, whenever the liquidity will start, definitely it should be mainnet in fully mainnet, which is phase three. Uh, the one we are expecting somewhere around March 14th or June 28th. Or as they wrote in the white paper, should be later June 6, June 28. So anyway, uh, aside from that one, also I would like to add to what uh, my friend Doctor was saying. Natsuko, he says a lot about uh, uh, yearly supply of uh, of the minted uh, Pi coins. Normally, that that, that that is why normally we're supposed to em emphasize because no one can say whether they are expecting to be supplying the social so amount at this year or this. to my own understanding i'm seeing it like a triangle so the more the supply the more the locked up balances 
and also the more the the the, the, the coin will be will be shortening so it will keeps on shortening narrowly to the extent that uh they, they have exhausted the whole food uh thank you and thank you so much for giving me this opportunity thanks you're welcome bashir muhammad that's actually a very good contribution thank you very much i don't know if you have any other person from the audience who would like to give one or two contributions we are home muted now so you could just try to raise your hand up so i can just um grant you the opportunity anyone 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 uh, may we answer bashar's question Did you ask a question? Oh, go ahead. Probably I missed that. Yeah, he was wondering if the pool will get depleted or if the ecosystem will will get depleted that way. No, uh, I answered that. I said the more pie we are willing to take out from ourselves and less pie we are willing to let ourselves have for circulating them for giving our uh, for buying or giving our uh, goods or services to others to acquire their pie which they locked up from themselves in the biggest amount that they can that means that this lesser amount of pie is still circulating therefore bringing it nominal value up and bringing the whole ecosystem up with it. The idea is not to sit on your pie. The idea is not to have your liquid pie sitting on your account or sitting on your ledger. The idea is to bring it back to the community, bring it back to the economy by locking yourself out of it and letting yourself have less pie to drive the economics of the community and that is uh on on our common interest because in that way all of our pies are appreciating in their values i hope you understood my answer yes and uh also to add the strength of an economy is directly related to the ability of its currency to circulate it within its ecosystem so all the different types of utilities where pi can be used either to purchase a good or a service or access to a platform whatever it may be um the goal is to move the pi between pioneers and pie shops and pie businesses that are created so that it can keep offering value to those who actually spend it and in regards to what he was saying with the circulating supply being low, what actually can move from one pioneer into the ecosystem. Um, if on average that amount is lower for every pioneer, then the goods and services uh, that are offered will have to be lower to meet it so that purchases can be made. And so that increases the value of the pie and what it can offer. And I believe that's what NACO was trying to drive home. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right great one so um we can see more hands i think i just want to give numbers right now so that we don't have too much more hands so i can see three hands and i think that's the, these are the three people who just um allowed to speak so um l3d i can see your hand below i can see your hand 
and um, Buki, you can see your hand. Right. So I'm um, out reading. You can go ahead. You're muted right now. Okay, probably that was a mistake from you. All right, Bilo, I want to believe you are ready for horse. Bilo, if you are there, Bilo Tohib, if you are there, you can, you are allowed to speak right now. Okay, we lost that also. Um, lastly, um, Boki, um, I want to believe you want to speak. So, um, let me try it. Okay, so you're muted right now, so you can go ahead. Okay. <laughs> All right, so probably many of us were raising up our ends by okay. mistake or something. I'm here, oh, I'm here, ahead, uh, I'm here, I'm talking. Yes, uh, I want to, I want to just make sure if you all know that we have a, uh, instead of heart at the PS, we have a P, uh, and we have P decentralized internet, and it is stored on decentralized uh, space, and we have a layer of internet, what we will be using, and we call it Pi Network Ecosystem, and in that Pi Network Ecosystem, we will use Pi Network as a currency. In that uh, ecosystem, we are building lots of brainstorm projects. What are undergoing? You, you do not know about everything, but many many DX decentralized applications are being built. And I was in a meeting with Nicholas and the core team, and they say that they will host some of the DApps what are being built on Pi Network uh, decentralized internet system. What what you have on Pi Browser. Pi Browser is another layer of internet. It is not HTTPS protocol, just to be sure that you have idea what is going on. We have many, 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 many members, and the numbers, what are you seeing uh, last was 30 million plus. That was 30 million users active last three days. Uh, meaning that that was people who actively mined the last three days it is over 40 million, I think, today. We are growing exponentially, and the project will be successful. Uh, you must just evade false information, price talking. We do not, uh, uh, what we say in Bitcoin, how much is one Bitcoin worth? One Bitcoin is one Bitcoin. It is not worth money. But Bitcoin has become from uh, digital cash, it has become a store of value. And Pi Network is a global decentralized currency for everyday use, meaning the protocol and the programming for that is unbelievable. Meaning the, we can, we can, if the project succeeds and the testing we are going through is undergone, we can host million of, uh, billion of people, billion of users and we, we have we can call we can host trillion of transactions daily meaning the pi network is a digital cash but we have lots of misinformation we have lots of bitcoin uh, haters around us and we have many people do not know what are they doing what the pi network is many people are leaving pi network and blah blah blah, blah, blah. but the, the the most important thing is to provide people the right channels to inform LearnPi is a great project. 
uh, I see in uh, Instagram, uh, Pine Network members is also a great project, but I see many, 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 many lies and many spam around the internet and people do not know what, 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 what is happening. And core team is not uh, great in uh, since Phil, Phil left the team, the core team is not good in, in explaining everything. But just to make it short, Pi Network ecosystem, we have open source code. What will be uh, what will be decided by miners? Miners will decide in what in in what direction the Pi Network uh, rules will be going. Uh, like in any, any other blockchain, and we have a closed uh, source code. What is not changeable? That is a heart of Pi Network, and the source code is not changeable, and it is decentralized on torrent system to the nodes, because uh, Stellar Consensus Protocol, Byzantine Consensus Protocol, and the Pi Network needs central computer to, to store a source code, closed source code, and it is decentralized on the miners, meaning the, the system is started, it just needs to, 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 to go testing, because we need to test. This is the first time in the, in the history Bitcoin has undergone, I don't know how many, nine forks. And Bitcoin is followed by the rules where the block is not changed and the Bitcoin transaction is $5 to $50. It takes half hours to five hours. It is not, it is nothing. It is the, the miners have, have followed the rules that are adjustable to them so they can earn. The miners did not say, okay, Bitcoin is good technology, we follow big blocks, we make this, and we make fast transactions for everyday use. No, they didn't say that. They just want to earn money. Why is Bitcoin falling? If it will fork, again, if it has forked, it is Lightning Network now, Lightning Network is Banking Network, Lightning Network needs, uh, uh, has rules before it settles on the, on the real Bitcoin blockchain. Pi Network is transparent. It is everything what we need to make transactions globally. We do not need middleman. Middleman is what we do not need in, in crypto currency. We do not need a middleman. We do not need an exchange. But the problem in Pi Network is that when transaction is sent, transaction cannot be uh, uh, transaction cannot be uh, pulled back. And that's why uh, we need to build a social network where we can, uh, how to say, where we can rate every seller, every buyer, like eBay system. I don't know. We we need we need to 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 build some platform. I'm I'm also thinking to build a pi network, social network where 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 you can you can rate buyers and sellers because when transaction transaction starts. We cannot trade directly. We will need the middleman because many spam, many, 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 many spam and many scams are undergoing now. You can see it in, in Pi Network information. You, you, you just Google Pi Network and Google, Google is a master. Google decides who gets the real information, who gets bad information. And people who, 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 who Google Pi Network, they, they, do, they, they do not know what is Pi Network. Pi Network is a digital money. It is made for everyday people, for everyday use on global base. And that's it. It will be a, it will, it will be a biggest robber.
very in the history if we pull this out. All right. Thank you very much. May I say something? Sorry. All right. All right. Okay. I would just like to thank Boki for his extensive comment. I, I must say Boki is one of the first, I know him personally, Boki is one of the first Croatian pioneers in history. One of the earliest, if not the earliest. He has an extensive knowledge on the history of the cryptocurrencies. He was involved since the beginnings. Uh, I would just like to point out one thing he said. He mentioned Pi Browser. When the core team published Pi Browser for the first time, I remember I was so happy. I was dancing the whole night because I agree with Boki. That's when I saw that this project transcended in that moment anything that even I imagined back then for the project. I saw that they are not just building the cryptocurrency, they're building the decentralized internet. That is very important thing. I believe, I mean, Pi Browser will actually become our main app one day. This main Pi app that we're, that we're using for acquiring <laughs> our Pi will become secondary. All the action will happen in Pi Browser. And as Crypto Legend spoke about, and when I said that we're looking at this median value for, uh, for the consensus price of Pi, the more people that enter this decentralized internet and the more goods or services that are on offer will make our, our value stable. When we have this median, we will know our, our floor, our stable value. I won't speak in price. I'll speak in value terms. So we will have our floor value, but it will change dynamically just as our base rate will change dynamically on a mainnet manning mechanism. So I, I like to call Pi as our future dynamically, as our dynamic stable coin. It will be a stable coin, but it will appreciate in its value on a new sustainable highs as more people enter the ecosystem and therefore as more goods or services back that value. Go ahead, Natko. Um, uh, sorry, just I, I finished actually. That's what I wanted to say. It will be a dynamic okay. stable coin. Because as more goods or services enter the ecosystem, brought by new users that are entering this ecosystem, the more its value appreciates for the whole ecosystem. That's what Boki yeah. tried to say. Yeah, definitely. All right. Actually, sound. It actually feels very great to hear Boki, and then to know that he's one of the very first pioneers that we have in Croatia. That's actually a very good one. And you know, it's, it's a thing of joy to actually connect with many pioneers and then know how much they are also very much enthusiastic about the project and how much they are doing. I think um, before this call, I and Melody were chatting and then we're talking about how um, many of us, we have been just giving a good number of our time to finance up. And in fact, we probably are not so much concentrating on some other um, parts of our life or some other things that we do. Okay, well, and I was sharing that. Well, I think I don't mind because I just love my network as it were. So it feels very, very good. And I think there was a time, crypto legend, um, the person that invited you to Pine Network is on, is on length by Telegram group, and then you know, we chatted in little. 
Um, I was surprised when he told me he was the one that invited the crypto legend. I was so surprised, actually. I was like, wow. So you are the one that invited the crypto legend to find it. So that feels so great. <laughs> okay, so, yep. Um, it's actually been a very great one so far discussing about of the white paper and every other things that we discussed. So but I think we'll gradually have to begin to pull the curtain while I begin to ask um, our keynote speakers on their final notes for today. And then I give it a wrap. All right, so um, not, uh, Melding, would you just try to go first? What would you like to just say on the final notes for today's um, discussion? Oh, I don't know if Melding can hear me. Um, Legend, would you like to go? Sure. So the last part in the white paper that we briefly discussed, but not extensively, just for clarity for the pioneers out there that have created and established Pi nodes for the support of Pi Network's blockchain into the future. You will not get any type of reward for a bonus until after we have um, been fully launched into the open network period, because the community nodes at that time will run on uh, the main net. But before that, when we're in this enclosed network period, uh, you won't get any bonus uh, because only the main nodes by Pi Network's founders is running the blockchain. So just keep that in mind if you are expecting to see a reward during the enclosed network period. It's not happening at that time. It's happening later uh, after we go into the open network period and Pi Network is fully decentralized and launched and it can be everywhere around the world and pioneers are using it all the time. But the white paper is an important roadmap for pioneers to be able to understand where Pi Network was, where it is and where it's headed. And it is a guide, but it doesn't have every detail laid out for every aspect of Pi, but it gives you a good idea of what is to occur in the future. And I would invite every pioneer out there to take the time to at least read it once so you can understand what is going to happen because it is that uncertainty in Pi Network that leads many pioneers to have a lot of fear. Um, and so the biggest thing that's happening right now when I see and review many different communities is that many pioneers are speaking about how their drive for Pi is diminishing and how many are thinking about to quit because they were expecting Pi to be fully decentralized and already being used um, and already listed too on crypto exchanges by the end of last year. Um, but we have to remember uh, the reason why we don't want to rush the enclosed network period. And in the white paper, it states it's because we need to give time for millions of pioneers to complete their KYC and transfer their Pi to the mainnet. This way, all the pioneers who are willing and able to complete their KYC, a reasonable time period, will get to use their Pi outside of the Pi platform at once. And I get that if you already completed it, you're the, probably the pioneer that wants it to accelerate and already be used. Or if you're waiting on it, you want to already perform the KYC because perhaps you may think that's going to put you in line first in order to use your Pi. But the whole reason of that was so that all pioneers could eventually use their Pi at the same time later on when we fully launch. And just remember, 
even if you are one of the ones to get KYC first, we don't want any pioneer left behind. And that's why they're allowing ample period of time. Um, and that pioneer could have been you, right? You could have been the one that is the very last one to KYC. We want you to also have the opportunity to be able to perform it and use it at the same time all other pioneers are going to be able to use it in the future. So that's my own take on the white paper. And I just wanted to share with pioneers out there, don't lose faith in the Pi Network founders. They know what they're doing. They've been growing the network. Boki just said we're over 40 million pioneers. I mean, this network is growing fast and it's growing big and it's worldwide. So be thankful that we're all a part of something that's great. But like Natka was saying, we have to contribute the value we hope to have in terms of what we're wanting the network to be able to offer to any pioneer in the world. We have to put in what we want out. Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you, uh, Crypto Legend. Uh, the way I see it, this enclosed mainnet is the thing we've actually been waiting for. You know, I was lucky to be able to know an IAT member, Mad Max, who uh, invited me for a cup of coffee for a pie coffee day, which was probably the, the first coffee paid with pie in the world. Why I'm mentioning this, you know, uh, I remember the feeling when you earn something and you have a chance to spend it, when you have a chance to see the product, to see this value materialize into something, even if it was a cup of coffee back then, it was a tremendous feeling the speed of the transaction the speed of not just the transaction but the settlement which i spoken back then it was instant this is the key word it's not just the instant transaction it's the instant settlement which we don't have in conventional monetary system the settlement is slow here the settlement is instant when people uh, feel this excitement and they will feel it when we're an enclosed network they will be able to spend their pie. They will be able to earn their pie. They will see it materialize. I'm not afraid and I'm not, I'm not fixated on when open mainnet will arrive. I don't care, actually. I believe this enclosed mainnet period is the period when we are building our economy truly. Uh, this is the period that when I spoke, we will see where we will take this value up open mainnet will only serve as a dessert this is the main meal open mainnet is just a dessert it is the phase when all of those who waited who waited out who actually didn't believe who uh waited for us to do all the hard work to to take our time from ourselves to invest in this and when they see the fruits of our labor they will want to get in. So our enclosed mainnet is actually our time to prepare our war chest. When they want to get in inside our system and they will want to get in, no doubt about that. We need to tell them that we appreciate our time because time is limited. Our lives are short. Is there any greater, is there any scarcer currency than time? 
Pi presents that currency. This enclosed mainnet, this is our time. When open mainnet arrives, then we will show them how much we are worthing ourselves. So my questions, my question for every pioneer, and I think Nicholas asked that question when he said, I mean, if Nicholas asked, if you invested your time, you were clicking this button for three years, are you willing to exchange that time for one smartphone? If you wish, by all means, go for it. I don't. I value my time more. And I believe millions of others are valuing their time just the same as me, maybe even more than me. And guess what? Our numbers are growing at geometrical progression. The more we grow, the more time value accumulation we bring in. Open mainnet, it'll come just as the, this mainnet came. So don't worry about the open mainnet. This is our harvesting time. This is when we show the world how much we are worth. Just think about that. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Thank you very much, Natko. That's a great one. Uh, Melding, um, I don't know if you want to say something as a closing note. I'm sorry, okay. my internet broke down, so I had to. My internet broke down, so I had wasn't able. Some some words to, to for the end or, or what? Yes, yes, definitely. Last words from you. Just if I should last say words, something last for the word. end. Okay, 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 okay. If I should add something for the end. It's just the fact that we have to understand that we are all, I don't know if you guys mentioned this before, but please understand that during this enclosed mainnet, we have to all be buyers and sellers. Everyone from us has something to offer for the Pi ecosystem. If we all play together, it will be great. We have to somehow form a supply chain and offer anything, even if you think that your item, your product or service is not really valuable, just try it out, offer it in the Pi marketplaces, and it will be great. And please understand, a, a price for Pi is built, not, not voted out of thin air. It is built and supported with, with Pi goods and services, or better said, with, with transactions for goods and services. That's it. Right, thank you very Thanks much. Thanks and, and sorry once again for my internet. Oh no, that's very fine, Melvin. That's very fine. So I think I would like to take this opportunity to say a very, very big thank you to all of our keynote speakers from the Crypto Legend, to Melvin Way, to Napco. Thank you for your time, not just for this event alone, but your commitment to the project, um, I mean, to Pi Network. And of course, many more pioneers out there who are doing everything they can in their capacity to be able to just um, you know see pine network progress of the community and every other things that they are doing. I think it's actually a great one we are sacrificing actually a great one and a great one. So it means a lot having the three of you guys join me on this particular session for over three sessions now. Um, it means a whole lot. Thank you very much for joining. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your effortless um, work towards the project. It means so much and then 
we appreciate it, I appreciate it. The community of finance, of course, in general, appreciate it so much. Thank you. Okay, so um, just to put everything to in context, um, uh, it's actually been a great one so far, so far. Um, I don't think I would like to say much now. Let's just round off. Come next next week, Saturday, the last section. We're going to just take our time to pull together all of the three things we have been discussing: the value of buy, the community, the power of the community, and of course the white paper. Some things that we discussed today. Um, we'll be having the a special appearance in, in the team, which is the team behind Pi Hub. Okay, of course, um, we'll get to know more about them next week, Saturday. All right. So um, I think that's pretty much it from us today. Um, I do have a number of things to say as got some things, but I think I'm going to ask to that during the last session of this event. Okay. Um, Woody, I don't know, are you there? Do you just want to say bye bye to everyone? Hey, yeah, I'm here. Um, thank you, thank you, everyone. Thank you to um, the guests, Crypto Legend, Rodin, and Natko. Um, the conversations are always um, like a refresher even no matter how much someone must have learned about Pi Network, listen, listening to the engagement here uh, just refreshes um, what we know and also refreshes the zeal, the commitment, especially now that the, um, should I say the energy is kind of low within the, within the community. So this, this, serves, this serves as a boost and it's well appreciated. And uh, I really commend and appreciate the bravery also of, um, the pioneers that started it all, TPL, GNM, and the likes that you know, that pioneered us, the pioneers, and giving us a reference to what we can do in order to bootstrap ourselves as we go forward. And I just implore, implore every pioneer to keep motivating, to keep looking out for um, the positive side of things and supporting the core team as much as we can because obviously we know that nothing happening is a coincidence everything is well thought out and there is a goal that we are heading towards and nothing can stop it so support it uh, be part of the train and don't be negative thank you all so much all right thank you very much so i think that's pretty much it pioneers thank you very much too thank you for your time Thank you for your contributions to the project. Thank you for staying through with us all of from the beginning to this particular time. It means a whole lot. But of course, we know the whole idea behind Grandpa, the whole idea behind the need for it and education. Okay, so um, this is not achievable by just one person or just by just one group. Educating the community of finance is everybody's duty. So from one of the things that you've probably learned from here, you have a short community out there, you have a group of pioneers out there that you know need all of all this. Please kindly ensure you reach out to them, kindly educate, ensure you are doing one or two things to educate the community. As we all know from the last session, the community of Pioneer Talk is the very much um, asset, the very much valuable asset the, the project has and serves as the backbone to the project. So the healthiness of the community should be our concern. Education for the community should be our concern as it means a whole lot to the project. All right, so that's pretty much it. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So um, do have a good night, depending on where you are. It's night here. Okay, so do have a good night. Um, see you next week, Saturday, while we wrap up this particular um, event. Thank you, Varinius. Bye.